Hello and welcome back to Recipe to the Road podcast. Today you might be able to hear my background noise is the sea, so I hope that is really calming and not as distracting as the sirens and the roosters and all those other types of background noise I have had in the past. Um, I'm actually recording this intro from Las Pinitas in Nicaragua, so it is gorgeous here, it's amazing. Anyways, get into talking about the podcast. So today I have an episode for you that we recorded in Puerto Escondido, which is on the west coast of Mexico, and it is with the most kind, conscious and interesting couple, Sandra and Eddie. Sandra is from France and Eddie is from Mexico, but from a more northern part, he's not actually from near Puerto Escondido. And Sandra and Eddie ran one of the places where we stayed called Hotel Real Hucalita. And we stayed there last August, so when we did stay there, it was only a couple of weeks old. We didn't realize this when we booked, but they were super happy to have people staying there because it was, as they say, only a few weeks old. While we were there, we spent a lot of our time chatting to Sandra and Eddie about literally everything from the weather, to the stars, to the ways of the world. So this podcast is just a little snippet into some of those conversations. Again, we're doing a two-part episode, so this is part one. Um, And in part one, we discuss how Sandra and Eddie ended up in Puerto Escondido, how they met, which is actually a really cool story, given the hotel that they run now, and Sandra's homelessness non-profit that she, her and her friends created when they were like 21. And they talk about some of the lessons they learned from their travels. As always, I would love to know what you think of the episode, so please let me know on Instagram at recipe to the road or by email recipe to the road at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello, I'm in Puerto Escondido, Oaxaca, which is on the west coast of Mexico, and I'm speaking to Sandra and Eddie. Sandra and Eddie run the hotel Real Juquilita, and that is in La Punta, which is a part of Puerto Escondido. As soon as I met Sandra and Eddie, I knew I wanted to interview them because I just, it, well, like, I just thought their lives were the dream. They're living here in this amazing place, running this hotel, and yeah, I just wanted to know how they did it, so... They kindly agreed to talk to me today. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, guys. For sure. Thank you so much Good for pleasure inviting first. us. <laughs> for yeah. sure. So I guess first we'll just like get the intros in. Like, tell me first, Eddie. Tell me about where you're from originally. Well, my name is Eddie Dan, but everyone calls me Eddie. I'm from the north of Mexico, a small town called Torreon, which is really close to Monterrey. I was born in Mexico and after I grew up in the United States until I was 13 and after 13 we moved back to Mexico and well yeah that's been like my adolescente life. (laughs) Uh, Once I got to Mexico I studied high school and I graduated from administration in Mexico City. Uh, After that I decided to come to Puerto Escondido because I needed like a new like a 180 turn to my life. I felt like I needed it. So I came here to Puerto Escondido, which like totally absorbed me. And that's where I met Sandra. And that's where the big, big adventure started. (laughs) For sure. And before you came here, did you do much traveling? Uh, Before we came to Puerto Escondido, uh, yeah, we, well, Sandra and I, we traveled, we love traveling. So we've been to the U.S. a couple of times. After the U.S., 
we went to France to visit Sandra's family. <laughs> I had the opportunity. Uh, after that, we went to Portugal. And after Portugal, we went back to Europe, to Amsterdam, and to visit my big brother. And then after that was an amazing adventure in Indonesia, which I think has been my, my favorite country or one of my favorite countries abroad besides Mexico. A lot of teachings, a lot of wisdom that can be absorbed there. And well, after Bali, we came back to Puerto Escondido where this big opportunity of the hotel arose. Like, and uh, yeah, we feel really blessed uh, to everything that we're living and everything that we're feeling, you know? And yeah, I feel really, really grateful for, for everything that's happening. For sure. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that uh, you went to France to visit Sandra's family. Sandra, tell me about where you're from. So uh, I was born in France. Um, my dad was born in Egypt and my mom was born in Morocco. Uh, but they both met uh, when they had around my age, like at 25. They both uh, immigrated in France and I was born there, so grew up there, but I would go all the time visit my my other countries like Egypt and Morocco like for vacation and summer and but yeah most of my life I spent in, uh, in Paris in France. Oh that's so cool I didn't know that your mom was from Morocco and you, no. you mentioned your dad went from Egypt so I didn't know your mom was from Morocco. Yeah also. <laughs> love Morocco. Yeah have you been? Yeah just like for like a couple of days but I need to get back there. Sweet, yeah, it's a cool country. I love it. Yeah, so from an early age really like you were traveling kind of like Yeah, for sure. Like, I feel like as a baby my dad would take us to Egypt, you know. <laughs> yeah, we started traveling. We would go back and forth like every summer we we really wanted to see our cousins and stuff from Morocco and Egypt. So one summer we'd go to Egypt, another we would go to Morocco. But then when I turned like 18, I started to travel more by myself and discovered like many, many countries also. <laughs> and do you think that having that background in different, those like relations in different countries, that's what kind of inspired you to start traveling? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Actually, the thing I love about Mexico is something really common with Egypt. I feel like I, I feel really comfortable in undeveloped countries, like in France. I mean, France is my home, I love it. But everything is such into the system, you know, like I feel like when you're an undeveloped country, I don't know, life is easier, you more simple now. So when I arrived in Mexico, I felt like it was pretty much like Egypt, actually. Well, really different culture, but kind of same um, estilo de vida. <laughs> like lifestyle. Yeah, lifestyle. Like talking about like cultures and different cultures and growing up with different cultures and things. I think that... Uh, that's really interesting when you meet someone that has a different culture. For example, Sandra and I, like, Sandra comes from a totally different culture and also do I. So when you really like uh, have a connection with that person, you have to understand that person uh, in, in certain ways where your mind would, couldn't even imagine. I mean, I'm not talking about, <laughs> sure. I'm not, I'm not talking about like things you don't like the other way around. Like maybe they can be doing things, certain, um, personality certain ways to see life that like changes your vision of like everyday lifestyle for it sure can, like kind of like polish your perception uh, yeah of i felt that with you actually <laughs> like things that you take for granted maybe as like that's the way everyone does it or something like that yeah like uh let's say uh like i don't know maybe here in the culture of uh, mexico we really don't care about um let's say 
uh, homeless people, you know, we kind of just like put them to the side. But like when you come, like Sandra has talked to me about like all the poverty there is in other countries she's visited and she even started an, an association to help this. So this gave me like a different, totally different mindset into supporting them a lot. It, like back then I used to maybe support them when I kind of wanted, you know, like I wouldn't throw them to the side definitely because I understand they're humans, but I, I really wouldn't uh, put that much effort into it. But once I saw that you can put a lot of effort into it and you can do a change, that's what like really yeah, for know, sure. like, gave me a, for a, sure. a lesson. We actually did, because um, I started like a, an association in uh, Paris with two oh, of my right. friends. It's like a humanitarian association. So it's called Yes We Care. Um, yes We Care. Yes We Care. So basically it's about um, fundraising money with everyone well, we started by our friends, family, but then uh, we started uh, getting on social medias and stuff, like collect money. And then with this money, we buy food and we prepare it ourselves. And um, it's so crazy because with the little few uh, euros that give you someone, like they don't even realize the change they can make. Yeah. We, we used to go um, like three times a week for dinner, dinner time and prepare like a bunch of... Uh, pack of food and wow the people is just so so amazed you know like they were really thankful and and then we did it here in really near uh, the La Punta actually like an hour away yeah we, it was called um, when it was in Santa Maria Colotepec and we actually made that fundraiser here in this hotel mm-hmm. yeah. when we were staying at this we so stayed sure. at this hotel and we did the fundraiser here and yeah, true. It's so weird. It's such a coincidence how mm-hmm. things click. Connected. You know how they. For sure. Because now we're here running the place. <laughs> That's so funny. This yeah. hotel's been really like special to you guys, and like, yeah, you, did you sure. say before it was the first place that you stayed? Yeah. In Puerto yeah, Rico. Yeah. Actually, at that time, I was working in um in a company in Mexico City, and and then COVID happened, so I wanted to go away like for like two weeks being at the beach and work from there. But then since he never came back to normal in Mexico City, well, my company, I just decided to stay here. And and well, I, my first place that I booked here was in in the Real Juquilita. I stayed like four months. <laughs> you stayed in four months in the one spot? Yeah, in here, oh, wow. in this hotel. I really loved it. I started changing a lot here. Puerto attracted a lot of really conscious and, and amazing people. I don't know if you felt it, but yeah, it's it's a good place. Yeah. I don't want to leave. That's why we stayed so long. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you guys also met in this hotel, right? Almost. I met the best friend of Eriden in the hotel. He was with his girlfriend and we became like really friends. And when Eriden arrived in Puerto, well, he introduced me, like the best friend introduced me. Okay, okay. <laughs> and so just to go back to your, I know I'm jumping around, just to go back to your non-profit that you set up. How old were you when you set that up? Um... I think I was uh, maybe 21, 20 or 21. And how did you know what to do? Like, Well, we just learned. Actually, we didn't know how to do it. And the first, the first times were heavy, not like heavy, but it's things you need to, <clears throat> to understand and learn. Like the first time we went, it was like in the center of Paris. There is like a train station called La Gare de Lyon. Um, and there, like, it's a spot where a lot of homeless people go. So <clears throat> we decided to go there for 
for our first like event mm-hmm. um, and I, I arrived in in front of two people that were sitting on the floor <clears throat> and they started uh, getting really upset at me and uh, screaming that I I fucked they, they, their day up and so I didn't understand and then when I get closer I realized that these two were actually dragging themselves uh, but I didn't I didn't pay attention so and then they started screaming like that they've been asking for money the whole day and just to escape a few minutes and then I ruined the moment so I felt really uncomfortable and and at the beginning you know you can feel like wow I'm coming to help so why why would you reject me but something I learned with uh, with time with the association is that you can me as a person that I n- I never lived like uh, outside I was always uh, like I, I always had a roof we can never understand what they feel and sometimes you know if I'm like I miss the train <clears throat> and I have to wait like 30 minutes under the rain and I start like fuck my life and stuff like this you know yeah. but when you are actually outside the whole time and everyone just ignore you it's you have a really different relation with life you know you it's hard to feel blessed it's hard to feel grateful to be here maybe yeah that's really interesting i think yeah a really important point that mm-hmm. like okay they're everyone's human at the end of the day you can't expect them to act the way you want them to you can yeah, never predict sure. how someone's going to act really yeah for like, sure because everyone's living his only reality anyway so yeah. <laughs> that's really interesting and how do you think homelessness is like I know Eddie you were saying that like it's not as much of a culture to like help homeless people here but like I haven't seen a lot of homeless people in Mexico at all like how how is homelessness here Uh, I would say I would say homeless are more like in big cities like in Mexico City or Monterrey Guadalajara like for example, we went to Guadalajara like a month ago, and we went in like the downtown, and there was plenty of homeless people at night. Yeah. I even like uh, noted it out to Sandra. Said, "Wow, like I really didn't think there would be this much homeless people." But like in Puerto Escondido, maybe they're not. Uh, I mean, if there is homeless people, which is really minimum, uh, I don't think they'll be here like in La Punta or anything. It would be more like in town, you know, like more like central by the downtown area. Yeah, um, here like government-wise and all that, they don't receive a lot of uh, a lot of help. Like not like first-world countries, maybe where they they support them a lot. For sure. But um, but yeah, we should have we should be more conscious, and they should they should teach us uh, like humanitarian humanitarian stuff, uh, like in elementary school and all that, and to really care for the others and always try to find a solution. Uh, you know that fit that that helps everyone out for sure and for you guys listening here never think it's uh, impossible to like you're not able to help because you have no money when i started my association with my two friends we were students and had no money at all um but with everything online now it's really easy to just create like a um, like a fund me yeah exactly like a fund me thing like a website where and then you just write about your message and Maybe at the beginning, it's just going to be like one or two friends helping you out, maybe your parents or I don't know, anyone. But then I don't know if you're, I think social medias are great to to show, like to expand a, a message. So yeah. we, like my friends started uh, sharing all the posts and stories and stuff like this on Instagram and, and everyone just started texting us and 
And at the end, we, we, we had a lot of money. When we went to Egypt, we could help a lot of people. So everyone can do it. That's amazing. <laughs> and are you still running the association now? Yeah, for sure. What we do now, because I moved in Mexico, uh, my two friends in France, they are taking care of the association, still doing some events. And now we're trying to make up like more international travels so, so we could be the three of us also. Yeah. And when you were traveling, um, I know Eddie mentioned that you, that you, you traveled. When you were traveling, how did you do it then or were you able to keep up? Mm, what do you mean? When you were traveling for two years, were you able to keep up with the association? Oh yeah, for sure. I, I was always like the marketing one, like taking pictures and editing and take care of the social media, stuff like that. So there is a lot of uh, paperwork that I could do from far. Um, but most of the, um, most of like the events I couldn't be was more, we were based in Paris. So they would do it when I was away, but they came in Mexico, both of, both of them to, to make a, like an event in here. <laughs> yeah, actually, when we went to uh, France in Paris, we did a association event, mm -hmm. and uh, oh, yeah, right. like you know, one goes to Paris and says, "Wow, I'm gonna see like you know the most spectacular things." It wasn't my first time there, but the first time I went, you know, you see all the touristic parts. But what I really liked about this event was uh, Sandra took us to like a really unseen part it's of like Paris. It's like the worst place. It's the yeah. worst place. And you say, wow, like I really didn't imagine Paris had like this side of it. For you know? sure. But uh, it like awakens you because it says, wow, even like in the most uh, fashionable <laughs> city, in the most, you know, uh, touristic city, this, this is real. Yeah, for sure. I think you see that a lot, like in somewhere, it's like, places that have like such a high reputation like I know for me it was Milan that I had that realization because mm -hmm. it's like so glamorous but like the, and actually Frankfurt as well like Frankfurt in Germany like because there's so much like finance and like the ECB and everything there like and then it's suddenly just like it's like you see the stark differences like whereas you have somewhere and there's maybe like yeah. a lot of people just like in the middle whereas yeah, it's somewhere sure. like Milan and probably I'm guessing Paris and like Frankfurt that like there's so much money and then because there's so much money in this one place this other place is suffering because it's always right. like yeah for sure being sucked out or something I don't know I always think of it like balance and like if there's so much money in one place there has to be somewhere else that's right losing yeah. out like the yin yang yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's scary though. It's scary when you see it. Like you have to, you have to wake up. You have to wake up that part that's that you know has always been there of yourself, and you need to really make a change, even if it's making a, a small step or a small, you know, uh, donation or something. It really helps out the associations that are trying to solution this problem. For sure. Yeah. And um, when you guys were traveling. Um, did you find you learned more lessons like this or did you see kind of, wow, well, how did it impact your, kind of, your experience with social justice and with helping people? Well, for me, Indonesia was a really, I don't know, it was like an awakeness thing. Like <laughs> um, there, you don't even see a homeless. It's, I don't know, it's, it's just such an amazing country where the people are, You'll never even see someone in the street, you know, because they take care of each other. They take care of each other. And I feel like, as we say now, like in first world countries, it's more everything around the money. Uh, well, in Indonesia, I think it's the cheapest country I've been. 
and and I don't know. I, um, it's hard for me to imagine a homeless would be in the street for a day, an entire day. Yeah. I think someone would offer him come in my house, like something for, like that. For sure, like part of their culture is a. Uh, like um, help, helping out, you know, and, and there's like no ego in Indonesia. It's not sure. like I'm better than you, you know, like, like looking down at people. They're totally on the same level. Sure. I think the religion impacts a lot of this uh, yeah. behavior, yeah, like take everyone into consideration. But sure. yeah, that actually I didn't see that in Indonesia, like homeless. Yeah. Yeah, like just like how you said, instead of sleeping on the streets, I'm sure a family will open its doors and say, come here. like stay with me until you get fixed up and make that decision for sure you know? and that was something i really appreciated about them also that they're really really uh, conscious about life they're, they're really grateful every day yeah and for sure you that's can feel it yeah that's something i absorb right away like first day first two days you you say wow these guys know something that the whole world should know and practice yeah for sure know? which is like mm -hmm. the gratefulness i would mm -hmm. say yeah, so true. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, how long did you spend in Indonesia? Two months. Yeah, in total of two months we were in Indonesia. First we were one month in uh, Bali, and then after we went to other islands traveling. Yeah, went to the Gilis, Nusa, a lot of islands. Lombok. Yeah, yeah. Lombok, right. It's all, it's all, uh, it's all gorgeous. Yeah. If you like tropical weather, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's For really sure. hot just here, yeah. like in Puerto. It's really humid, there's a lot of water everywhere you go. Like, it's really hard to stop seeing water. Yeah, for you're sure. always surrounded by water. <laughs> yeah, which is great, sure. you know, especially it. if it's hot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I really want to go. <laughs> um, what you're saying, like, about like, the community, like, we'll always help people out and stuff. I kind of, well, I obviously don't know. I've only been in Mexico for three months now, but I feel like I've heard a few stories about people who may have been, like, hitchhiking, like, you know, other travelers who've been maybe hitchhiking or going somewhere. And people in Mexico would like offer them a bed or offer them like a spot on the floor or something like yeah. that. Like, would that be kind of common in like smaller towns in Mexico as well? In Mexico City, I've seen it a lot. I was there in uh, 2017 and I was studying at that time in a semester in Mexico City. Uh, and then an uh, earthquake happened. It was, it was really strong and it destroyed my school like completely. Five people were dead in the university and it was terrible. But then after a few hours, well, first, when everything started happening and the bridge were falling down, you could see everyone in the houses uh, around, like running into the schools and try to take out the people. So actually people saved a lot of people. But then after that, they started, uh, like every day people would not even go to work and just go and help. and because there was like a lot of damage in the streets. So everyone was like a chain with each other, you know, really united. I think in Mexico, you guys have this also, like helping each other, yeah. like a brother, <laughs> a brother thing, no? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's such common like Indonesia, which is like culturally wise. I think here it's, uh, I would say, a little less common. Yeah, for sure. But for sure, the earthquake that you mentioned in 2012? 2017. 17, sorry. Brought, I think it brought Mexico together. Like, it united Mexico, you know, and the, and the people. Because it, it was a situation which awoke a lot of people saying, like, I need to help, you know, I need to, I don't know, gather water, gather food, gather medicine, or go help dig out people, mm, you sure. know. So I think 
like it was something that uh, woke up, you know, the the Mexican nation, and they helped a lot. Everyone helped a lot. Even people not in Mexico City, other states would organize things and send medication or whatever they sure. help to Mexico City. Yeah, actually, in front of my house, there was like a because I was living really near the university that fell down, and they started doing like a emergency emergency thing for the babies because obviously the the more um, well the less money you have the the more fragile will be your house now mm. so when there is an earthquake well the fragile house is going ciao you know yeah so um, so a lot of people were on the street actually with babies and with little kids so there was a whole spot of uh, emergency uh, where you could uh, like leaving the supermarket you could just come and like leave I don't know baby wipes and food for baby this was really nice a lot of women were there and like supporting the one like who loses their house and yeah actually that year when it happened uh, me and my best friend we went down to Mexico City to the buildings and the like the locals there and it was called Condesa but when we arrived, there was already a lot of people trained and untrained to help in those situations. But when I arrived, I think it was a little too late because there were so much people trying mm. to help wow, that cool. really, like, one of the official officers told me, like, I think you would help better in not helping here because yeah. there's so much people, you know, like you can get hurt if you really don't know what you're doing. You know, you can kind of try to lift a big rack, but you don't know that it's supporting another rack. For sure. You know, you have to be really trained to do this. So he said, he told me better, collect water, collect all the water you can. So my, my mission that day was to collect all the water I could to bring it. And that's mm -hmm. what I did. Sweet. Yeah. The earthquake was a, was a big lesson yeah, for Mexico. For sure. And rest in peace to all the people who, yeah, who, who, lose their who life. passed away. For sure. Yeah, it sounds like something like that. It just reminds everyone that we're just like humans and we just all have like basic survival needs. And yeah, for like sure. I said, like money, like people are so obsessed with money, but like when it comes to it, like we're all just trying to survive. And for sure, like, yeah, we can do that better if we help each other out. Kind of exactly. Thing. Yeah, and I feel like if you if you're not dead in an event like this, like take it for a, like it's amazing. You know, you could be dead and. So it's like another opportunity you have. Well, it's one opportunity, but you're still here and you survive this maybe to, I don't know, to get better tomorrow, you know? Yeah, like it's a blessing. Like. Yeah, it's a blessing. And was your house destroyed, Sandra, in it? No, my house was okay. There was like a few, like a few details that happened, no, but nothing, everything was okay. That's, that's good. Yeah. And your stuff and everything. But yeah. I suppose yeah for sure and then was that what that was what kind of um, inspired you to actually start traveling then once once that happened or traveling in mexico yeah for sure well we had classes online so so basically i could uh, be in my class and be in cancun at the same time and stuff like that so i started visiting a lot of uh, a lot of places of uh, mexico uh, actually cancun was the place i least liked <laughs> Same um, so far. <laughs> yeah, for sure. A city that I really loved during my travels were, was uh, Guanajuato. Amazing city, really traditional, really cool. Uh, San Cristobal, also I think you, I think you went. Yeah. Um, there are, I think for me my best places in Mexico are the, not like the big exploded uh, by the tourists, like not tourist places, well, 
you just drive and you arrive like in a in a little place in a town and spend some time there. I don't know. There you really feel like culture and you feel like you're in Mexico, you know? <laughs> yeah. The culture is amazing here. Like I feel like everywhere we've gone there's like such a strong culture but such a different culture to the last place. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah, it's, it's just if you you could be visiting like ten different countries, yeah, and you're right. Still be in Mexico. Yeah, it's so true. Right. Actually, there's a lot of uh, diversity and culture in Mexico, like like how you said, uh, you can go to one state and you know f- see and feel something totally different. You know what they eat, how they talk, their accents, their dialects, their slang is mm. different. Yeah. Yeah, even the attitude and yeah, everything for sure. Yeah, sure. Like people from Mexico City are really different from people in Oaxaca, just personality wise and interest and yeah, it's a big country. <laughs> yeah. So it was while you were on that kind of traveling and studying online that you guys actually met, right? It was the second time because now at that time, this was like years ago. Okay. I was just studying and I uh, with two of my friends, like from France, and then I went back home and when I finished my studies, I came back here for like my end of studies internship and then COVID happened. So I came in Puerto. It was like the same, my two of my experiences in Mexico, like I was scared in the middle of what I was doing to travel. It was amazing. Well, it was terrible and amazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we met like two years ago here in, here in La Punta. Yeah, here in La Punta. <laughs> and then after we started traveling, do little trips to, we went to Chiapas, we went to other beaches around here. San Jose, where you're going next, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we got like a, a deeper connection there and, mm-hmm. and voila. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just decided you were going to start traveling together. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, we, yeah, we started traveling together from the beginning since yeah. we met. It's so weird because since like the day we met, let's say a week after we went traveling and since we started traveling, we've never been, uh, or barely, we've always been together. Yeah, like, we've we never been apart. Barely when, apart. like if I go to France, maybe a week, uh, I go yeah. alone and then uh-huh. he, he joins me. Yeah, but yeah. we're always together for sure. Yeah. My best friend. Ah. My best friend. <laughs> uh, you know, ups and downs, but... Uh, well, really grateful and 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 more because I think and I know no better said I know we have like the same vision towards life in certain ways and like structure wise and, and how you see life through your own eyes so that gives me a lot of like confidence you know into being who I am and and, uh, and yeah that's what I like <laughs> so like from early on you felt like you could just like be yourself around each other yeah yeah, yeah. for sure at Maybe, the beginning, yeah. he was really shy, though. Yeah, I'm a Not shy, shy person. Yeah. I'm a shy person. Really, I'm really yeah. outgoing. So, <laughs> at the beginning, he was more mysterious. But with time, we we got to learn like each other. <laughs> yeah, like before, I would always like to be in my head a lot. You know, <laughs> like I wouldn't like judge anyone or anything like that. But I'm just like more. I observe everything, and then after I I I do you know I talk or something. But I like to observe. But now. I think uh, traveling so much, you know, has also kind of let me like uh, let go of that shyness. Or it's not even shyness. It's just like uh, he's just, just like, just like yeah, yeah, just like just like be yourself, you know. Like don't don't think you're doing something wrong or don't think this, don't think that. That mm-hmm. which I used to do a lot. Think so mm-hmm. now I don't think. I just I just am, <laughs> you know. 
Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, it changed your life. It changed your life. Okay, guys, we're going to leave it there for this week, but we will get back to this conversation next week with Sandra and Eddie. In next week's podcast, we're going to get a little bit more into like the business side of running a hotel and how they actually ended up running a hotel in Puerto Escondido. So thanks for listening and let me know your feedback, of course. All the Instagram and details will be coming up now. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Recipe to the Road podcast. If you want to contact the show or you have any comments or questions, you can get me on Instagram at recipe to the road or by email recipe to the road at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow my journey and see what I'm doing at the moment, you can also see that on my Instagram at recipe to the road. Thank you for listening.